All right, guys, welcome back to the show. It's your boy, Prince Chooks, and you are talking to the guy who's going to let you know about the word around the NBA. Today, we're going to be talking about the Nuggets sweeping the Lakers and officially punching their ticket to the NBA Finals for the first time in franchise history, and the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat went up 3-0 with the Boston Celtics now winning game four. Do they have an opportunity to make some real history being the first team to potentially Move on to the NBA Finals being down 3-0. to zero. We'll find out. Hey guys, so we're going to get right into it. Let's just talk about the Nuggets. And like I mentioned in my previous episodes, the Denver Nuggets are one of the most slept on teams in the entire NBA. Granted, this is a team that is the number one seed in the West. And... You know, whose record was, you know, had a bit of distance between them and the Memphis Grizzlies, about maybe three to four games in terms of, you know, wins and losses. But like I said, the team that most people kind of shrugged their shoulders at, that kind of waved off, are now in the NBA Finals for the first time in franchise history, right behind their two-time MVP, Nikola Jokic. Now, I will say something. Nikola Jokic is one of the best centers to ever play this game. And the thing is, I don't think this man gets enough credit for the amount of work that he puts in and just overall his play in general on offense. I mean, this man is he's a prototypical he's a prototypical big man that really can score with ease. Like people don't realize that this man can really score with ease. I'm just I mean, truthfully, just watching this series and seeing what he's been able to do has been so eye opening. I mean, shots he's making. You know, he's taking hook shots in the lane. This man is throwing up one-legged three-point shots over over the outstretched arms of some really tough defenders like Anthony Davis. Like, like this man is the whole package. And on top of that, this man's underrated aspect is defense. He's pretty. He's a pretty solid defender. And I and I, you obviously got to credit his his height and his length and his in, you know his instinct as well. So to be able to see him, you know, go from a two-time MVP to now a potential you know, NBA uh, potential NBA champion is amazing, truthfully. So I'm curious to see how that team is going to end up progressing. And I think the biggest thing that most people don't want to give, you know, won't understand is that a healthy Jamal Murray makes this team 10 times better. The two game, the two man game that the Denver Nuggets play with him and Jokic is just impeccable. And then on top of that, you got Jamal Murray averaging about 30, just over 30 points in this particular conf- in the conference finals, averaging over 30-something points with a 50-40-90, 50% from the field, 40% from three, and 90% from the free throw line. I mean, talk about efficiency. That's huge. And that overall just says everything, you know, says everything that we need to know about how this team is going to end up progressing and just in general how, you know, well they'll be able to kind of play, you know, depending on who their matchup is in the finals. So I'm really interested to see how that's going to go. I mean, like I said, just it's very great to see, you know, Jamal Murray, in my own opinion, just be able to come back after an injury two years ago and really, you know, just kind of pick up where he last left off of, honestly speaking. You know, it's really sad when you hear about players who kind of refer to themselves as, you know, you know, I may not be able to bounce back from where I'm at. And I know that there are a lot of players in the NBA who've gone through you know, career potential career-ending injuries. I mean, if, for example, you got Victor Oladipo, somebody who personally I've watched since he was on the Orlando Magic way back when I was in high school, you know, 
be able to go from the player he was in Orlando being coached or essentially kind of vetting, you know, Russ and seeing his game and seeing, you know, how he, you know, and then seeing his progression from there going to Indiana and becoming a two-time All-Star. And then you have injuries that kind of, you know, have hindered his success. So it really sucks to see players like that go down. But as you can see that there's opportunities to bounce back and Jamal Murray is proving that every single time. You know, every single game he's played, he's proven that, you know, I'm the guy that you have to worry. I'm another guy you have to worry about in this team. It's not just about Jokic. Jokic is a great player, but let me get back in the mix, and I'll show you something. So I'm really happy to see the Denver Nuggets. I've been saying it before, don't sleep on them. They are a really, 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 really tough team, you know, gritty team, a lot of great players. I think it's not only just about the star players, but you also got to give credit to the role players. You got Aaron Gordon. You got Bruce Brown, you got Chris Brown, you've got, you know, Jeff Green, you've got guys like that, or Michael Porter Jr., excuse me. Like, you got guys who really, who make a solid impact in just the way that the Denver Nuggets, you know, offense runs. I mean, I see them running a lot of, see them running a lot of plays that just get Jokic open, or either that, or you get Jokic open, or you leave somebody in the corner. They got corner specialists that will really just make you pay with those three-point shots. So it's really it's a it's a two man offense that really that really is fastened to help shooters to really get shooters open and just honestly those two looking for their own shots has just ultimately given you know this Nuggets team has ultimately kind of branded this uh, Nuggets team into a tough tough competitive team and tough competitor to play. So I'm really interested to see how the NBA Finals is going to go. Um, it obviously depends, again, who the Denver Nuggets play. But kind of switching from the Western Conference Finals to the Eastern Conference Finals, let's talk a little bit about, just in general, you know, Jimmy Butler. I mean, the first three games, I hadn't even talked about it much, but the first three games were just ridiculous. I mean, this man has been on the tear throughout this entire, you know, throughout this entire playoff. Like I mentioned before, he's another underrated player, a player that, you know, won't really shine in the regular season, but the second that the playoffs come, he this man turns into a different breed. And like I said, it's very impressive to see where he is right now. Um, and then on top of that, to see how good his team is, because it's not just about him. It's about his team, too. You got, you know, a lot. The, the narrative that the media tries to, you know, tries to say and tries to put out there is that this team is so great. And the crazy thing about it is that there are so many, un, you know, undrafted players, which is true. There's a lot of undrafted talent. And I think that really just goes to show you that it doesn't matter whether you get drafted in the NBA or not. There's a lot of people who, who it doesn't matter how high of a pedestal they put you on because of where you're drafted or how well you did in high school or college or whether you're a five-star athlete or four-star athlete. doesn't really matter. It really just goes to show you that grit, determination, faith, consistency, hard work pays off. Shout out to Jalen Brown. <laughs> but just in general, how much work you put in is important to see you know, how far a team can really go. So Miami being up 3-0 is no, you know, is no coincidence. This team has really shown throughout this postseason that they are really a force to be reckoned with. I mean, again, they took out the Milwaukee Bucks in five games, a team that was the number one seed in the East. And then you have the New York Knicks they took out. That one, I think pretty much everybody, I think everybody figured that it was going to probably go in that direction, unfortunately, for the New York Knicks. But that's just the way that it seemed, you know. But shout out to the New York Knicks. Jalen Brunson, again, a great acquisition for that team, has really shown that, you know, they needed a Knicks needed a point guard that was going to be able to step up, you know, and 
I'm really glad to see that they were able to kind of do that for that he was able to do that for the organization. Um, but again, you know, giving credit to the Miami Heat, a lot of undrafted players, but also we got to give credit to Bam Adebayo. I honestly slept on him a lot. Like I said, Bam is a great defensive player, but there are times his offense can be very on and off, very inconsistent and very, you know, can be stagnant at times. But to see what he's been able to do in this Boston series, uh, in the series against Boston, you know, I'm very happy for him. I'm very, you know, it's good to see him being able to kind of turn it up a little bit, you know, be able to show that, you know, he's a, he's a pretty solid player. He's a good player that has the potential to be, to make it back to the All-Star game again. So shout out to him, kudos to him. And just again, kudos to the offense, Caleb Martin, Another guy that I heard that J. Cole was able to kind of help get signed on the Miami Heat, which is amazing to see. Um, you know, you know, like I said, this is a lot of untapped potential inside of this league that most people don't understand, you know. And even kind of going over other podcasts, you know, Paul George, DeMar DeRozan, you know, just talking about how in the NBA there's a lot of players that, you know, aren't really that good. But when you kind of compare them on a scale with regular, you know, street, you know, street ballers or people that hoop for fun, like you, they gonna give you some work. They are gonna give you work. Like the NBA is comprised of four hundred people, but it doesn't matter what given day it is, man. They'll still give you. They'll they'll win. So obviously, I know that, and I know a lot of people out there don't know that, but y'all should know that the regular NBA, an average role player in the NBA will give you forty, no questions about it. And I think most people need to understand that there's a reason why they're professionals, and the reason why they're in the NBA it doesn't matter whether they get PT or not. There are guys that really will give you the work. So y'all got to see a lot of y'all need to stay humble. A lot of y'all need to understand that the NBA is the is it, they're in the NBA for a reason. So just keep that in mind at all times. But not to get off topic, like I said, kind of going off of like there's a lot of guys in the NBA that, you know, don't want it as much from what DeRozan and Paul George are saying. You know, they're kind of there for the fame and kind of there because, you know, they're getting paid, which is true. But I mean, it just goes to show you in these playoffs and just in general, people, teams who make it far, you know, who really wants it more than the other man? And it it just shows. So I've been really blessed. And I feel like a lot of people just in general have been blessed to be able to see how far, you know, th- this particular team has gone from being an, from being a team that, you know, almost missed a play in to now being in the conference finals up 3-0 with 3-1, 3-1, excuse me, with one game, you know, left in order to make it to the NBA finals and face the Denver Nuggets. So. I'm really curious to see. So, again, shout out to the Miami Heat and just the work they've been able to put in. Um, But, you know, to kind of switch gears, you know, being a Celtics fan and all, you know, I think, honestly, watching those first three games, them losing was really tough. I think, honestly, a lot of changes are going to have to be made this offseason, and it's sad to say. But I think, in my own opinion, I think Joe Mazzulla might might need to go. I just don't really like his coaching tactics. It's just me being, you know, 100% honest and just real with myself and real with what I've been able to watch and observe throughout the season. I think his timeouts don't really make sense. I understand that he's a young coach. I understand that, you know, he's still trying to be acclimated with the offense and being acclimated with this team and what they're able to do. But I think his tactics in terms of having a lead and then, not being able to call timeouts in critical timing or having his guys kind of run out the clock and trying to play hero ball and all that stuff. I mean, there are times when I'm like, this Celtics team needs to be aggressive. I, I don't, I'm telling you, in the game, I think game two where Grant Williams and Jimmy Butler were having their little battle, you know, going back and forth. I think the biggest thing for me in that situation is, 
you're up 96 to 87 with about six minutes left in the fourth quarter. This game isn't over. <laughs> this game is far from over. We have, we are down one. We lost the first home. We lost a, the first game. Granted, we were at home with home court advantage, and we lost the first game. Like, there should be some zeal. There should be, you know, a, an appetite. There should be hunger to, you know, bro, I don't want to lose two games at home. Are you are you joking right now? Like, are we being serious? Like, there's a certain fire that has to wake up inside of each and every single one of these guys that to be in a situation like this where we could potentially lose two games to the to the away team at home and then go back to their place and try to get two is tough. So, honestly, I think when it comes to Missoula, I think there are certain things that he needs to be able to implement. Be aggressive. If a timeout needs to be called, call a timeout. When the offense seems to be – when the def, when the, on the when the other team seems to be getting on a run, learn to call a timeout. Stop giving the ball back to them. Readjust. Try to figure out ways in which we can break down their defense and attack and transition or just in general, you know, being more aggressive in general and just, you know, playing better defense and trying to get your team – you know, trying to get your team together. So all these different things I feel like are going to be very important going on the line. I'm anticipating him being dropped, so we'll see how that goes. And then in terms of our star players, Jalen Brown, um, being having you know this year being his last year on his contract and potentially, you know, being a free agent if he decides to decline um, the offer that they're going to extend him because you know they're going to extend him a solid offer this offseason, potential for three hundred million dollars, the first three hundred million dollar player in the NBA. So honestly, like I said, I'm very curious to see how this is going to go. And whether or not they have, he has the ability, excuse me, uh, whether or not he's going to want to stay or whether or not, you know, Boston, he's done with Boston. But I have really high hopes that he's going to end up staying here. Like I said, this team has unfinished business. And I think that's the model throughout the locker room. That's the model throughout this team. There's just so many things that are important to them. And, you know, in my mind, I'm like, why would you want to throw that away? Why would you want to throw that away? Because of something that may or may not go the way that, you know, happened prior. So those are things to come up most. These are things to think about, and you know, there's potential and what could, you know, there's potential in being able to see how far this team can go. Like I said, they had a big game last night in game four. We saw Tatum step up his game. We saw Derek White step up his game. Jalen Brown, he did okay. There's other guys that got involved, Grant Williams. You know, I really look like when I see Grant Williams and all this talk he's been doing and been able to go out there and drop 14, you know, shooting over four, making over four threes, it's, it shows that this is a team that is back up against the wall and they really want to fight for something. And I'm going to let you guys know something, man. I don't know if you guys know, but there have only been three teams in NBA history to be down to zero to three and even make it to a game seven. Only three teams in the history of the NBA have been able to make it to a game seven. Boston could potentially be that team to get the game five win in Boston, come back to Miami, knowing damn well that this is going to be the game to fight. This game six is going to be everything. Game five, if we if we're able to win game five, great. Game six is a game seven for that for Miami, because truthfully, and I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys know, if the Celtics make it back to Boston in a game seven, we're winning this game. Boston has not lost a game seven with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum healthy ever. Ever. Every single game seven that these two guys have played together, they've won. So, Miami, I'm going to end on this note. I'm going to let y'all know something. If you guys do not capitalize against this team, good luck. What's good, everybody? 
For more episodes like this, please follow Ward Around the NBA, available wherever you get your podcasts.